Today's episode is sponsored by ChrisTaylorRacing.com. Welcome to Driven to Compete. I'm Kerry Rouse, and I travel to racetracks around the U.S., where I interview members of the racing community and share their stories as a form of inspiration for our community. I'm here with Jonathan Wickert, and uh, Jonathan is a fellow B-Spec racer in the SCCA, and um, I'm actually here to find out what else Jonathan does and has done related to racing, so I'm, I'm interested to learn more about uh, kind of what is your world right now related to racing? Yeah, uh, right now is um, everything that gets me to racing, right? Because <laughs> right? Uh, not, uh, not only am I prepping the car for the June sprints right now, uh, but uh, your tow vehicle, right? So the, all those things. So I'm kind of going through a whole bunch of stuff like that. Uh, we, we always forget that other part, like the racing is that one part, but the preparation is that bigger part. Yeah. Is, is So is the car ready? No, not yet. No, it's uh, still in full wet setup. So I need to uh, finish changing it back over. So do you do all that, all that work yourself? Do you have anybody help you prep the car? Uh, my brother and I live a couple hours apart. And so when we can get together, we'll help each other. But um, for me, you know, I don't have a garage. Well, I have a garage, but it's not uh, in a situation where I can use it. So literally right now, my car is on my trailer in my driveway. And when I, when I want to do something, I roll it off the trailer, work on it in the driveway, and then put it back on the trailer. So I am the, I am like the budget racer, right? <laughs> you know, where, where are you located? I'm in Southern Wisconsin, just in between Madison and Milwaukee. Oh, okay. Well then Road America isn't too far from you. No, it's not a far tow, which is uh, really great. And actually I'm only like 20 minutes away from Blackhawk Farms, which was my home track. So you know, for me, I can do a lot of racing with in a short amount of travel. Yeah, I hear there's a lot of tracks up in that area of the country. Yeah, and uh, we've got the Milwaukee Mile is back online, and they're hosting events. So, I mean, I literally have Milwaukee Mile. Blackhawk Farms not only has SCCA, but Midwestern Council, so I can race there with them. And, of course, Road America. So, I, I'm pretty spoiled. You know, the longest I travel so far is two and a half hours. Well, what, what has happened so far this season? Have you raced the season yet? Yeah, I raced uh, in April. Uh, it was like our beginning, our first driver school weekend. And we had, I think, 12 cars show up for that weekend, which is great. It's great to have that support at such a small, small race. And that was Saturday was dry, uh, beautiful weather. Um, uh, I started uh, a little bit further back in the pack, but I, I made my way up a, a few positions. I think four or five positions I picked up. Um, and then at one of the corners, I, I tried to feign a move into six uh, to see if the guy in front of me would, would bite. He kind of bit, but I, I lost my momentum. And the guys behind me, uh, they caught up to me then because I had a good gap. So then it, from there, it was a fight. It was just a fight the whole time, uh, which yeah. is great. Blackhawk Farms is your typical you know, club track, shorter straightaways, lots of corners. It's great for a B-spec car is what it comes yeah. down to. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's awesome. So Saturday was a really good fight and a lot of fun. And then um, Sunday the rains came and, uh, and we had a rain race. And I, of course, like, like, a, like an idiot, spun lap one. And I, I remember telling myself in the car, like, I am not going to be that guy. 
Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I got on it, uh, and I think I picked up uh, four or five positions. Like, I I couldn't even see the pack, and I just put my head down, and and I caught up to them, and I started just picking them off one by one by one. Um, and, And I was really happy, you know. I got up to the last guy that I almost passed at the start finish. And then after the race, found out he was on Hoosier tires, which are technically illegal. Oh. And I was like, okay, I was keeping up with, you know, I was getting ready to pass a guy on faster tires. So, I mean, that's just kind of a boat of confidence, you know. And uh, um, so it was a good weekend. It was a wet weekend, but a good weekend. So you had the wets on for that second race and the, the Hankook? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Those are good wet tires. Those are really good wet tires. Um, yeah. I've, I've uh, done a lot of wet this year. I did a track day, uh, a track day at road America uh, shortly thereafter. And it was real wet in the first two sessions. And it was interesting to kind of go from that super wet to start drying track and to really feel the tires wiggle underneath you going into five, going into 12. Um, so uh, it, it's racing in the rain is like a whole learning curve in and of itself. It's like you have to yep. learn how to race. <laughs> you got to learn the rain. Yep. So tell me a little bit about your car. I'm not even sure um, I know what car you drive. Yeah, I have a 2012 Chevy Sonic. Um, and this was pre-pandemic. And so I picked it up uh, 20, 000, well, 18,000 miles on it when I picked it up. Um, and I spent a little more money, you know, my car. So a lot of the people will try to go for a low donor car cost. But, you know, so I bought an 18,000 mile car for five grand. Um, and it was pristine, all the stickers, everything, you know, exactly as it rolled off the line. Um, and so that was the prices back then, <laughs> back then you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I drove it on the street for three months uh, just to get used to it and kind of feel it out. And then from there, I said, it's go time. And I had... Um, uh, Dax Sims uh, put the cage in for me out of Muncie, Indiana. Uh, Kent Lane, he, he's Dax Sims. Uh, and then I, I built it, uh, put the rest of it together, put all of the safety equipment in it, in it and uh, took it to my very first, well, uh, took it to the driver school for that year and uh, uh, did the driver school. And um, I've been working on it since then. I, I don't have it dyno tuned. Um, I, I do data logging on my computer with HP Tuner and, and, uh, Tony Roma gave us a good tune to start with. And, uh, so it's just kind of like learning and then a little bit learning and then a little bit, and a little bit, and a little bit, and just keep at it. Um, and I don't feel like I'm down on straightaway speed or down on power or anything. I'm right there with the guys at road America going into 12. So, um, uh, I everything think those else can be good cars. I mean, um, I know Tony did really well with his. Yeah, they, you know, I, I, a friend of mine picked up a Sonic and I said, they handle like a dump truck. They, <laughs> they just don't want to turn the, the engine is about four inches ahead of the axle center line. Um, and, and so you have to account for that. And, and, and there's ways to do that, but not with the B14s, which is what I have. I don't have the GM kit. Um, I wanted to develop the B14 and my brother and I were the first to put a B14 on a Sonic. Uh, because I felt like that was going to be the future. You know, the GM kit would be around until it was around and then it's gone. And we're at that point now. All the kits are sold. You know, they're not there anymore. Um, and so the B14 is now going to be the, the build option. Uh, and, and I think we've got it worked out. Um, and if anybody wants to build a car, I, you know, as I've mentioned before, I've shared my entire build list with Tune File and everything 
on our BSpec Facebook page uh, so that you can literally go to that spreadsheet, click point buy, bolt onto your car and, and come race. That's awesome. Yeah. I, you know, it's really cool about the community. Um, it, it's, you know, kind of like a family. There's a lot of camaraderie and there's a whole lot of help that happens in between the groups. Even, you know, during the race weekend, if, if, you know, one person has an issue and they're missing something, it just takes a few seconds to ask around and everyone's willing to kind of pitch in. Yeah, that, that mindset, I think, is really key uh, to the B-Spec class growth. I mean, we're looking at 25 entries for, the, for Road America for the June sprints coming up, uh, which is going to be awesome. But the, the important part is, you know, if we lose a car, uh, we damage a car, we do something silly, you know, that's a big hit to us. We don't have a thousand spec racer Fords built since 1984 or mm-hmm. spec Miatas, right? Um, and so for us, taking a loss, and so like you're saying, it, it really pays dividend to help uh, each other out, to make sure we're on track. And it, and it pays dividend to not try that squeeze move at, at Mid-Ohio, to not you know, try to run somebody right on the, uh, on the edge of the track or put wheels off on the grass because we lose that car. That's a lot for us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's always so much more fun when we've got more people to compete with out there. Yeah. Yeah. People always look at it and they say, well, how fast is that thing? And it's like, well, you know, <laughs> it's let's not, not talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, we don't talk about that. Although they, they assume it's fast, but, um, you know, but when you have 30 cars, 25 cars, um, and the, like at Road America, the draft is huge. Um, uh, it's awesome. You can get into a draft and pick off three or four cars going into one, um, you know, uh, and when you can go back and forth like that and you keep your speed up and you essentially just turn in uh, as hard as you can because you know it's going to understeer, right? And so you get to drive the car really hard uh, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how many times have you been to road, road America, you being so close to it and all, um, ra- racing wise, this will be like my fourth event racing there. I mean, the track day and a couple other races, but I grew up 15 minutes away from road America where my brother still lives. And so as a kid, you know, I was going out there for the June sprints, going out there for IndyCar in the nineties, which is like the heyday of, of IndyCar, um, you know, uh, just always going there. So that's like my, my second home. I, we spread my dad's ashes out there at turn five. That's just kind of, yeah. So it's more than a track to us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I remember turn five. Is that the left-hand turn just before you start going up the hill? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I've only been there once last year, June sprints. And uh, I just kept on going wide there. And one time I went way too wide. And I, you know, I always like hitting a couple ramps in the grass, just flying through the air. Um, I, you did the dupes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a hazard move. There is a, there's a huge dip there and a, and a ramp. Uh, and I had sent Road America a message. I said, hey, when you repave, can you smooth that out? That would it, be nice. <laughs> it's that right on nice. line when you run wide. You're, you're going to hit it and you're going to go four wheels in the air. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was not fun. It was not fun, and and the car held together. Um, the the other memorable pot time for me at that court uh, track was the last corner on the last lap on one of the races. Um, I ended up making a pass in the grass on the last corner, and uh, I, I don't know if I would have done it if they wouldn't have 
missed their shift point. But mm. the reason they missed the shift point is because they were just staring at their rear view mirror the whole time. So uh, I guess it worked out. I thought that was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, four, 14's a tricky corner. It's um, It looks pretty simple when you're spectating. Then when you get out there and realize the amount of speed you have to carry through that corner uh, to be competitive, you start to realize like, okay, uh, if you load up those left side tires and hit those outside rumble strips, you might find yourself on the inside wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, other than June sprints, what else do you have planned for the rest of the year? Uh, there's a, a, a race in, coming up in mid-Ohio where they want to do a B-Spec IT uh, special where we get our own run group. So I, I'm working to make that. Um, but otherwise... I'll do like Cat National or America and a few others around here. But honestly, I'm already starting looking at the runoffs next year that are coming to Road America. Yeah. For what? Two, two At least two years, right? Two years. Yep. yep. Yeah. So you kind of got a game plan for that. And like I said, I'm a budget racer. I, I towed an open trailer that I bought myself that was falling apart. And I, again, out in my driveway, I put all new brakes on it, rewired it, uh, you know, wire wheeled it all down, repainted it, everything. I just fabbed up a, a tire rack for myself. That's really ugly, but <laughs> I finished that last night. That's bolted on. So, you know, I, I have to think strategically piece by piece, like what's my goal. So if my goal is runoffs next year, I'm going to balance my budget a little bit and maybe race a little less this year so I can race more next year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so this leads me into my next list of questions here. I'm I'm kind of curious to know how long you've been doing B-Spec and then how long you've been racing in general. Yeah, this is my third year in B-Spec. Um, uh, so I've really been doing that consistently for three years. I actually had a Formula V uh, in, what, 19? Um, and I bought that for like five grand. I put another five into it. and It was still kind of a jalopy. I took it to driver school and and nothing went well. Um, uh, my the the air the air filter flew off we were on the interstate like i lost that so, you know everything went wrong that it could the throttle broke um i was having shifter problems but i was trying to get through and then uh i think third session in the motor let go uh and so that was driver school number one for me um which <laughs> it was terrible um and i looked at that and i put the v back together and i sold it to a kid out of kansas who's actually racing it now uh, it just got his license. So it was really cool to see. But at the price it was going to cost me for a nationally competitive motor, I was like, I could build a B-Spec car. And so I sold that and built the B-Spec car. Um, but prior to that, I'd been active in SCCA. And I really encourage people that, you know, if you want to come out here and do this, I really encourage you to find somebody that wants help, find somebody that has a car that you're interested in um, and go work with them. And so I found a guy uh, who had a spec racer Ford and he had no idea what he was doing with it. I was somewhat familiar with them. And so I started helping him with his car for about five years or so. He had two spec racer Fords and then bought an FE car. We had a lot of fun with that car. And um, that's really how I got into like the sort of the inside of not being a spectator anymore, learning the process, learning what driver school is like, um, learning how to go through that, all of that and learning what kind of car you want to race and what is it going to take to race that car? Yep. Yep. So how, how far back was that? Just, um, when you started working with him, do you remember? Yeah, that was uh 2000, I like 2010. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. Now, other than that, obviously, you live close to Road America when you're younger. You're a race fan. You went there a lot of time to spectate. Um, any other thing you've done, like even if it was, you know, on a motorcycle or in a go kart or something like that? Um, uh, not nothing like competitive. Um, you know, like league or anything like that. Like that. No. As far as far as racing, but I think that whole idea of being competitive, like I'm an identical twin. And so from day one, everything was a competition and it just kind of was that way for us. Um, uh, just from like who can get this done fast enough as a kid, mom said, go do this. And we, we, it would turn into a race every single time. Um, and then in high school, we, we wrestled all the way through elementary school and high school and wrestling together as twins. And, um, you know, that was always that, that that competing right that wanting to beat the next guy and i think that plays into a lot of like if you have that mentality racing is probably a good hobby for you <laughs> right yeah, yeah. Uh, because you aren't always going to win but it's about passing that guy in front of you it's about figuring out that line figuring out a way to get around him about making that good pass yep well, let me ask you about, I mean, obviously you, you're, you have a home track near you, but are there any tracks you've been on that you just absolutely love? Um, you know, I haven't been too far as far as uh, uh, tracks that I've actually been on that I'm like, you know, man, I really love this track. Um, I, I like Road America. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a great track and everything, but for a B-spec car, it's kind of big. Yeah. It's kind of long. Um, I actually really like Blackhawk. There's some nice uh, spots in Blackhawk where you go through the S's and the trees are coming over and then you hang that right. And then you go through a kink to get ready for a quick left. And in my car and not all the B-spec cars can do this. It's flat out on that left. And, and if you get it wrong, the wall's right there. And it's like, boy, and I love it every time. I, I, I'll breathe the throttle maybe once, maybe twice, just to make sure the tires are up. But after that, it's flat out through there every single time. That's awesome. Yeah. Just, well, any tracks that you've been on that you really don't care for? No, no, uh, no. <laughs> I always have a big smile on my face. So, I mean, I've been on Gateway, like down at uh, the Worldwide Technologies, what they call it now. And like, yeah, it's got a lot of concrete there and it's kind of kind of condensed a little bit. But even then I was in a Cobra and it was just like, let's let's hear the engine rip. <laughs> yeah. Because you get the good echo from from the stands and all the concrete. Uh, so, so do you have any races that you can remember that are just like extremely memorable? You just will never forget um, a race. Anything like that come to mind? I mean, I, <laughs> and you can check this out. It's on my YouTube. I mean, my first June sprints last year. Um, the, the, I, you know, I was a mid packer in the back, but I was still having a great time. I was passing people um, and trying to set up passes and drafting. But I think what's going to make that most re uh, remarkable for me is that I spun in the kink. Um, I, some, some prod cars went underneath me and I started a little off my line and I went to turn in and it just didn't turn because I, I ended up catching the marbles. Uh, and so I, I tried to get off the throttle and get some bite in the front end. But, but by that time, the left side tires were in the grass and around I went, I did a, a about a spin and a half at about 70 miles an hour. <laughs> and but, I hit nothing. Okay, I hit nothing. No wall though. No wall. No, no. I remember going around and seeing the inside wall and saying, well, that wall is pretty far away, but where's the outside wall? And I remember, you know, spinning past the outside wall and saying, well, I didn't see my hood come up. 
<laughs> so, you know, nothing crumpled, right? So I must be okay. And I just kind of woo and, and put it into gear and took off. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That I've, uh, I can remember more than one time last year, June sprints going through the kink with a prod car going to the inside. It was, you, you could see them behind you. You're like, okay, they're, they're going to catch me right there. And they're just going to, they're going to stuff their nose in there. And so, uh, you know, you, you have to choose, like, can, can you hold it and keep your speed or do you, do you let off the gas just a little bit, but then that kills you all the way down to Canada corner. Yeah. I mean, and, and a lot of people don't realize they say, well, what's the most crucial, uh, uh, turn. I would say eight, right. Cause for us, that left-hander before the carousel, everything after that to 12 is essentially a straightaway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're flat out through the carousel. So like you say, you breathe that throttle. And the kink, that's a huge, I mean, you're probably going to lose a second by the time you get down to 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was more, in, you know, I was inexperienced during that race. And I think I would have held my line stronger and just taken the corner and said, no, you're going to wait. And it would have slowed them up a lot. But getting in those marbles, I, I remember turning in and the car just didn't turn. There was no turn. I let off the throttle, tried to get weight to the front of the car to get it to grip. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. And yeah. by that time, we were going left side tires in the grass good night well i'm glad you didn't hit anything have you had any uh contact at all when you've been racing um so fortunately i really haven't had uh, much contact Uh, a guy stuffed it down the inside of me at four at blackhawk and we just touched a little bit and that was it other than that it was uh steve castor has a ford and he had something funny with his transmission where he could not do a two to three shift at high load and so we're at the start of a race and Leanne Falk's actually in his car, and I got a great jump, like, and I'm right behind him, ready to go, ready to bump draft, and she misses the shift, and I hit her, and I hit her so hard. <laughs> it it bent the rear of his car. It bent the front of my car. Um, it broke two bolts off my K-member, my engine support cradle, on the right side, so my alignment was off. The bolts were completely gone. I don't know how, <laughs> how it all stayed together. That's how hard I hit her, but. Wow. It all, it all works out. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, um, what are your plans in the future? Do you just love B spec, love your car, just want to continue developing it and racing it? I mean, in a few years from now, what do you want to, what you want to be happening? Um, yeah, so that's kind of, kind of tricky for me and like for my brother, for example, because we really like building them. Um, for us figuring out the B14 and being the first one to do that. And now we've got it. So it's really bolt on. Like that was a really great, uh, you know, opportunity for us to, to really work out a problem and solve it. Uh, C-Spec is kind of on the radar. Um, they're, they're going with taller wheels and a lower ride height, which is going to create some problems. So we were going to build a C-Spec. We might back off that. I think we're going to build more. Um, we'd like to build a mini or a Mazda just to, just to keep building. Um, if we don't build cars, we don't grow the class. So I want to stay in the class, but I, I want to try and build something again. 
Awesome. So does your brother race? Yeah. He, um, so he is, he, he helped me my first year out. And then the second year I shared my car with him. Uh, so he could get his license and he could race. And he is actually the one that put my car on the wall. So my car is, I have never touched a wall with my car, but, um, after that spin at the June sprints, he raced like two weeks later at Blackhawk in the car and went into turn six there, which is a lot of, you carry a lot of speed through five into six and had a master brake cylinder failure, which is likely due for my spin at the kink. I, I think I bent the, the plunging rod and, and he went in there and had no brakes and he nosed it into the wall just a little bit. Um, that, that's also on my YouTube channel. It's like a rabbit hopping across the field. It is just, you know, you think you go offline and you keep rolling, but no, he was literally hopping, you know, just bouncing off the ground. There was so much energy. Um, and so that's the only other time that car's ever had any ad- adversity. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so do you have, do you have, um, other than your brother, any other family that kind of tag along on this adventure? Yeah, yeah. My uh, my sister, Aaron. So our father uh, raced in SCCA from like 81 to 84. Um, now, I don't I don't remember. I was too too little. Um, but, uh, you know, my mom still likes to talk about, oh, yeah, we went and did this and that and this car and that car. Uh, so my sister, Aaron is also likes racing and likes to come along. And so um, she makes likes to make shirts and come help out and do all these things. So she'll come for a whole weekend and she doesn't complain, which I'm really happy about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's really into it. And that allows me to bring my six-year-old daughter with me. So I have somebody to watch her while I'm out on track. And um, they, they all come, they all come to each of the races. They'll be at the June sprints this year. And um, if I can get out to mid Ohio, uh, we're going to, she'll come along for that as well. Awesome. Now you mentioned when uh, the Formula V kind of had some bad luck on your first competition license. That means you had a second opportunity for a competition license. Yeah, since I, I mean, I, I was basically, you know, the, I had problems the first two sessions out for that driver school, and then by the third session, you know, I blew the motor, so I really didn't get a good session. And so basically, they said, "Yeah, come back and try again." So. Took the next year off, COVID and everything kind of came around and then um, built the B-Spec and then went, just went back to driver school. And, and uh, you know, if anybody's out there thinking about getting into racing, I really think an SCCA driver school is is a really great way to go. I know some other friends of mine that chose the private school route and one of them sitting there going, I really wish I had, you know, they spent seven grand and I really wish I had just gone to an SCCA school. Yeah. Um, so if you're thinking about it, you can do a private school. Uh, make sure you know what you're getting. Uh, this other person wasn't so happy because all, all it was was lapping sessions. Uh, there wasn't any real coaching or development or understanding of racecraft. And so uh, make sure you know what you're paying for. Now, what was the format for your the one you went to for the SCCA? Yeah, we, we um, do that along with um, full competition licensed drivers. So uh, the students come on a Thursday evening, they do their ground school, right? They learn about flags and stuff. Um, and then Friday during the day, they do all their sessions. So they'll do five sessions on Friday. They're like 20 minute sessions. So you'll go out, you're in for 20 minutes, you're out for 20 minutes kind of thing. And what happens is the full competition licensed drivers are allowed to sign up for Friday and, uh, get track time. And so you might, maybe you only have seven, eight, 10 students, but you'll have 12 full competition licensed drivers. So it'll be a full track. And I really appreciate that 
because you get a lot of good experience of running side by side with somebody, of setting up a pass, of being passed all on Friday. And then Saturday morning, you do uh, practice starts. They're one session of practice starts, about 20 minutes long. And they'll do about three practice starts, and then you'll finish out lapping for the session. And then that's it. You're done. If you've completed all the requirements, you now quickly turn over um, and can then race that weekend. So that after driver school's done Saturday morning, we go right into a race weekend. Um, and I was group one, so I was like, done, go get my school book signed off. Then I had to technically go through tech again for the race, go through tech, and then run right out there uh, to get back into session one for race one. Yeah. Well, how did, how did you learn how to do all the work on, you know, build build out your car? I mean, have you spent a lot of time working on your own cars? or? Uh, um. Really, you just got to try. Like, I, I think a lot of the things I've done in my life. So, like, I have eight years in the Marines. Uh, you know, I fought in the Iraq War. I was a rifleman. Um, I have a, a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, and a PhD. Um, uh, and a lot of it is really honestly because of self-doubt. Like, I've never done this before. I don't know how to do this. So, I'm going to go try. Right? I'm going to go push myself. Well, that's the same thing with working on cars right? You've probably never done your own brakes before. You've probably never changed a valve cover gasket before. Well, go and try. At some point, you might get yourself in trouble and have to call in a, a mechanic and, and have it towed somewhere, but you, you just got to try. Um, and it, it didn't help that my dad and my brother are both very mechanically inclined. Like they get it like that. And I'm just like, hold on a second. <laughs> so they kind of lead the way, but I, I just have to try. Um, and so basically it was, all right, with the B-Spec car, like read, ask questions, figure out, find wheels. Nobody had wheels. Um, a lot of the wheels were coming from Europe. The the Team Dynamics wheels were gone. And then, okay, we can get braid wheels, but those are, you know, $1,000. Well, that's not, that's not feasible for what we do. So finally, we found wheels that we can get. You know, it just takes time. Just ask questions. Um, Getting it in the community, I think, is also important because if people don't know who you are, they don't know who Jonathan is, they don't know who I am, they're not going to talk to me. They're not going to offer help. They're not going to know what I'm interested in. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it, and you've made it pretty obvious with, with your posts, with your saying, look, here's my whole list. Right? Yeah. Here's, here's everything that you would need. So do you, do you know if anyone's taken you up on that and, and used it? Yes. Yep. There, there have been two people. Um, and the, the cool thing is, is that uh, one of those persons have, has been working on putting, building their car and they'll message me and say, Hey, what do you think about this? And I'll say, well, actually that might be a better way to do this. Okay. Put that on your car, try it out and then come back to me. And if it's better, let's change my list. Right. If you find a better way to do something, I, I'm not above it. You know, let's let's if it's easier, then let's let's get that done so we get more people building cars. So if let's just let's just say, we, you know, whatever the cost of the donor is nowadays for a Sonic, mm -hmm. what, whatever, whatever that might be, because that can be all over the place, depending on mileage and how good of a deal you get. But once you get your hands on it, <clears throat> what would it cost with to make it a race car? Yeah. So I think it, the range is this, and I'm going to give you like actual numbers, and and these are actual builds that just completed. So anywhere from eight thousand to about fifteen, I think is you can say, John, that's a huge range. Well, it all depends. So if you go out and you find that eight hundred dollar Sonic, and some kid has owned it who lived on a gravel road, right, on a farm, um, 
here, you're going to end up replacing a lot of the bolts on there. You're going to end up replacing all the bushings. Um, you're going to end up redoing all the engine seals. You're going to have a lot of dirt and things to clean up of the car, right? So you're going to have this, a lot of elbow grease on the front end. You paid a lower price, but you're going to have to spend that money to refresh the suspension components, to refresh a lot of the bushings and everything in the car. Um, you can buy a nicer car and, and, and go the higher route. Uh, you'll have less to do. You won't have to fight. You know, I live in the Rust Belt, so I won't have to fight rusty bolts. Uh, with an $800 car, you're going to have to do that. Mm-hmm. Once that's all done, not a problem. Um, you know, so I still think it's you know quite conceivable. There are newer cars like Nissan still makes you know the Versa with the manual transmission, um, and they sell them actually at a pretty good price point for what as much car it is. Uh, you could buy a newer car, do minimal prep to it, and I think still come up with a a really great situ- situation. Are the Versas? I don't know if I've seen a Versa race with us. Have they? No, I think that right now there's only one out there. Uh, you know, they have like a, what, a 1.6 liter or a 1.5 liter and a 1.8 liter. And the 1.8 liters are come in at 2,700 pounds, which is heavier than the Sonic. Um, and I do believe they have a restrictor. So it's like they're kind of a wild card. Nobody knows about them. And it's just going to take somebody to build one and go run it uh, yeah. to find out what it needs. Um, it's got kind of a weird rear sway bar that you can get for it that bolts together. I don't like that. I would rather weld it. So I... If I build one, I would say, hey, can I put the ZZP sway bar on there? That's all one piece spring form steel with welded brackets. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the most expensive piece, though, when building a race car is probably the cage. Yeah, it, it can be. It depends. Now, I, I had never welded before. And like I said, I just welded a tire rack together and it's ugly. So <laughs> I would not trust my welds. But I went to uh, Kent Lane at uh, Dax Sims. Um, and Back then, a couple grand got me a really nice roll cage. Um, whereas my brother, well, did his own roll cage, and you know, he I think he was under five hundred bucks for everything. Wow! In his roll cage. So, but again, he bent his own tubing, cut it, notched it, bent it, welded it. So yeah, um, you could save a lot of money there. But if you're not a confident, competent welder that you can guarantee you've got good penetration, I would suggest <laughs> paying somebody. Yeah, yeah, no joke. Um, so if your brother's going to be racing too, are you guys still going to be splitting the car? Or does he have another car? No, he built his car. He, so he is the $800 farm car uh, is that's an exact of where he came from. And then my other buddy built a mini that came out of IAA auction, you know, for like 1200 bucks. Um, but he had to re- refresh in that entire engine, which for a mini is quite expensive. Um, and so <clears throat> you also have to think about that for a Sonic. It's easy for me to get parts. I mean, I can buy a whole piston assembly uh, for $111 and, and just drop it into the motor. You know, it's um, not a big deal. Um, and and that's the other thing when you think about like the build cost. Um, we, you know, my motor had like 20,000 miles on it and we, it was a great motor, good compression. We took apart a motor that had, had 198,000 and we're really surprised. Like it was really grimy, greasy, dirty. But when we looked at the cylinders, um, they were in great shape. They still had the OEM cross hatching, things like that. Um, and when we measured them out, they weren't war- as wore out as we thought they would be. Like a OEM piston ring is still going to make a good contact, a good seal. Um, and so I would say, yeah, you know, 100,000 miles, 120,000 miles on a donor, donor car isn't a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, and then the price of the engines, I know for the Mazda twos, you can go to a junkyard and grab one for like three, three to 500 or something like that. It's crazy. I, I wish that was still the case for the Sonic for whatever reason. Uh, you know, it used to be six, 800 bucks for a motor. Uh, and now they're, they're quite a bit more than that. I don't know what's happened and why. I don't know if it's just gotten popular. Same thing with transmissions. They've, they've gone up from two, $300 to about 800 to a thousand dollars for a transmission. So what I've actually done is I go to uh, insurance auctions and just buy a whole car. Uh, it's often cheaper to just buy the whole car. And I literally bought a white Sonic 2012 uh, sedan, brought it back to my driveway again, right out the driveway, took the whole thing apart, took off all the parts I wanted and took the rest of the scrapyard. When you say insurance sale, <clears throat> how do you find out about those? What kind of insurance? Yeah, IAAI is a, an auction site where insurance companies um, send their, uh, you know, their, their write-offs to. Uh, so you're looking at vehicles that generally have either been flood damaged or physical damage. Um, and they put them up for auction and, and you can you can buy them as either a public license or a private dealer license. I, I only can look at the public ones, but you can get a broker to look at private dealer ones if you wanted to. Got it. Cool. Interesting. So that's where you buy all your stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, <laughs> it's just easier that way because then you can pull off all the knuckles and everything. If you wanted an extra rear, you know, so I have extra pa body panels, hood, doors, trunk. I have extra um, a rear beam. I have extra knuckles. I have uh, extra motors. I have three extra transmissions. It's just so easier to uh, pick that stuff up that way. Awesome. Well, the last thing I'll ask you is if you had to give somebody advice, we're, we're talking, you know, not a 12 year old, but an adult who just hasn't experienced racing yet. What would you suggest that they do to get their feet wet to see if they even like it? Yeah. Um, you know, people say rent a car, you know, do some rent a car, just get out there. And honestly, I, I used to be terrified of, of like renting a car. I'm like, Oh no, I don't, you know, I don't want to smash up somebody else's car. Right. Um, but if you really want to try it out, um, rent a car, go to a regional weekend where there aren't as many cars, um, and, and get in there and just drive to where you're comfortable. And, and I have a video about the whole licensing process on my YouTube channel. I talk about this a lot is know where you're at. Know where you're at with your skills and your ability and just do what you can. Um, and I say that because I've, I've known a few people that get out and they say, oh, I don't know if I can do this. And as I say, calm them down and say, this is just step one. All right. This is just time one in the track. And now we have to go to the next step and you'll get faster, faster. So um, if you want to learn more, not only rent, but I would say go out and volunteer to help somebody. If you think B-Spec is a car, you might be a class you might want to race in. Go volunteer. Go say, hey, I'm Jonathan. Can I help out with your car? Because you'll learn about the car. You'll learn what does it take to go fast. You'll learn uh, what does it cost. I kind of wish I had done that with my Formula V because in a Formula V, good luck finding the crush washers for an intake manifold. Like you can't go to the parts store and order those. And I won't name this person, but I went to them and they're well known in the V community. I said, do you have any of those crush washers? I need some. They said, yes. But the last time they were available, I bought 400 of them. Uh, so <laughs> you learn that that part is really important, you know, and, and, and it's hard to find. Um, so you want to learn about those. Um, you want to learn, like, is this car going to be something that's affordable? You know, 
do you have the ability to afford tires on a Formula Enterprise car? Uh, we were going through a set of tires a weekend, and those are Hoosiers. Uh, here in B-Spec, we have the Hankooks, and last year I ran 20 heat cycles on mine. I mean, I really <laughs> used them. Um, so uh, first of all is go get involved in the community. Go find our Facebook pages. You know, we have our B-Spec Racing Facebook page. Get on there and, and offer your services to help out, learn more. And then if you're still unsure if you want to go through the process of buying or building a car, rent one um, and, and start where you're at and start where you're comfortable. And to be clear for folks, um, renting one wouldn't be renting one to go race. Basically, it's like a track day. You'd rent it and they would send you out in groups of like experienced people. And there's controlled passing, if any passing at all. And you usually get gaps so you can be, feel comfortable in the car, just you and the car and the track. And, yeah. and usually there's a, you can get it to where there's somebody sitting in the passenger seat, you know, an instructor or something like that to be helping you through it, especially if you've never done it before. Yeah. A lot of the track days and SCCA has track night in America. Um, <clears throat> they'll, if you're novice and don't be shy about being a novice, uh, again, if that's where you're at, good. That's a great place to start. Uh, they'll set you up with a coach and you don't have to have a super powerful car. If you have a Chevy Sonic or a Honda Fit sitting in your driveway, you can take that out on a track day. You don't have to have a Camaro. You don't have to have a Mustang. You don't have to have a sports car. Um, if you wanted to track your minivan, I mean, you just ask them, hey, can I take my minivan? And they'd say yes or no. Um, again, start with what you have and where you're at yeah, uh, and, and, and try it out. And if you get out there and you think, oh, man, that's a lot going on or, wow, that was um, that was a lot for me. That's OK. Uh, don't let that deter you, because, again, that's your starting point. You can grow and develop and get better and get faster. Yep. Well, Jonathan, I really appreciate you spending all this time with me. It's actually great to meet you. I'm sure we probably bumped into each other, maybe not literally, at uh, June sprints of last year. Um, but I was behind you for a minute, but you drove away from me. You went uh, off. I, was, at, I thought I, you were going to say I drove off the track and then you went on. So. You you did. You went off uh, oh, yeah. right hand of six, and then when you came back on, I was behind you. I thought, oh man, let's get him! Let's get him! And then slowly, <laughs> you just kind of went away from me. So <laughs> kudos to you, sir. <laughs> I got lucky. Well, I look forward to racing with you again. I'm I'm probably not going to be racing this year, but hopefully next year I'll get out there some. And um, I am really excited about the the. Uh, runoffs being at uh, Road America the next couple of years. I just, I just love that place. Yeah. I mean, if that's, um, you know, when I was a kid, that was all rustic, right? Wooden steps and things that, or there weren't steps going up the hill to six, right? It was all just uh, dirt. But now, boy, if you haven't been there, they've updated it and updated it. And they've, they've even done more updates, not only to the track, but they've opened up the carousel with better viewing this year. And I don't know if they're trying to be funny, but there's like little palm trees out there because <laughs> that's where the old rock quarry was. So it's just kind of in the middle of nowhere. I mean, so they keep developing the track. Yeah, it looks great. Well, Jonathan, um, uh, I'll probably will see you with the June sprints. I am going to be traveling up there this year. So uh, I want to say hi and uh, really thank you for your time today. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. I want to thank you for listening to Driven to Compete. It's been a pleasure sharing this episode, and I hope 
We've provided some inspiration and entertainment along the way. If you like the content, please share and like, but I have one ask for everyone listening. I would appreciate more than anything to add you to my weekly newsletter. Simply visit my website, driventocompete.com, and you'll see a form to get on my newsletter where I share exclusive content and giveaway swag. 